Welcome to another conversation on the Retirement Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Casey. If you're in the second half of your life, do you notice you're feeling a little bit differently than perhaps you did in the first half? The first half of life is a busy time. A lot of activity, a lot of creating, a lot of building, a lot of striving. It's all about goals. But for many people, there's a shift that occurs in the second half of life our guest today would argue is more about soul, more focus on meaning, purpose, and contribution. My guest today is James Hazelwood. He's the author of two books, Everyday Spirituality, Discover of Life of Hope, Peace, and Meaning. And he has a new book, Weird Wisdom. And WEIRD is an acronym. It stands for Wonder, Enchantment, Integrity, Relationships, and Destiny. And on this podcast, as you know, we're big fans of wisdom in any form. And we appreciate the opportunity to talk with James today. He wears many hats. He's a cyclist, hiker, a bishop, adjunct professor. And in his past, he was a disc jockey as well. And he joins us from the ocean state of Rhode Island. James, thanks for joining us today. Great to be here. Thank you. So what's different about the second half of life compared to the first? Yeah, Joe, that's a really good question. Basically, the first half of life is about building ourselves up, our identity, our ego, our life tasks. So therefore, career, family formation, productivity, these are all really important. My my 36-year-old son is a really good example. He's kind of at the middle or pinnacle of this time right now. He's got a great job, family, two kids, two very rambunctious boys, actually. That's all really good stuff for first half of life. But something shifts at the midpoint. That's typically in our 40s, sometimes our 50s. We just start to ask different questions. Yeah, what's all this that I've achieved for? What does it mean? One author talked about it as the shift from success to significance. So the second half of life is really, it's a turn inward. That doesn't mean we stop working or raising a family. It just means that our priorities shift. Now, most everyone thinking about retirement is well into this second phase. And we're just wondering about meaning and purpose. So for me, the second half of life is really defined by um, the search for soul. Great point. And what's the most difficult challenges that you see people encounter in the second half? You know, I think the biggest challenge, especially for us in, in the United States, is we're just surprised by this dip because our culture is really focused on first half of life tasks. So no matter what you do, suddenly you hit this phase and you might get a little grumpy. You, your job isn't what it used to be. In some cases, people get depressed or just moody. But nothing seems to satisfy. I spent all this time chasing this dream of being an accountant or a lieutenant or a vice president. Now I'm here. It just doesn't seem to be what I thought it would be. So I hear the word stuck from a lot of people in this phase. And what I say to them, that's okay. Now you're ready to learn. So once you face your stuckness, it it means it's time to ask a new set of questions like, Is my life connected to something larger than the day-to-day? Or have I remembered to love and serve those around me? Or there's a lot of suffering, but how is my suffering a doorway into meaning? It's these, these big, deeper questions in the second half of life that we face. And so I'm just suggesting that we be intentional about looking at these questions. And I think if we do, we will find out that the second half of life is really the best half. 
That's a great phrase, doorway into meaning. And when I hear that, I wonder what role does cultivating inner life play in the second half of life? Yeah, in many ways, cultivating an inner life is really a bask. It's about asking, what are you paying attention to? Where's your energy going? Now, I call it weird, uh, which stands for wonder, enchantment, integrity, relationships, destiny. I'm suggesting that paying attention to our soul is kind of weird in our modern world. I had an Episcopal priest once uh, say to me, when we get into our middle life, we discover three things. And I've found these to be really true again and again. One was that life is not fair. Two is that we're a lot more like our parents than we wanted to admit. I remember the first time I, I heard my father's voice coming out of my mouth. I thought, what is going on here? But the third one is that we have a soul, and the soul is that core part of our identity on a very deep level. Whether we like it or not, that soul is guiding us through life, especially the second half of life. So it's worth paying attention to. So you mentioned the acronym WEIRD, and the first letter stands for WONDER. How can wonder and curiosity lead to wisdom? Yeah, this is kind of where we get to go back to our childhood because we had wonder big time when we were children. But here's the cool thing. We get to tap into that spirit of wonder again in the second half of life. So this is an opportunity to learn new things or relearn old things. I don't know about you, but I have started doing some things that I did as a child. Like I took up bicycling several years ago and I hadn't ridden a bike for 30 years. And Yet, I learned to ride a bike when I was a child. But now when we get into the second half of life, now's the chance to revisit that age-old question we hear from three-year-olds, which is, I don't know about you, but I've spent time with my grandsons, and they are asking why a lot. At first, it drove me crazy until I realized, wait a minute, they're just curious. And that's the same thing I'm advocating for, which is wonder. So only instead of asking, like my grandkids, why? Must I brush my teeth before going to bed? You know, we start asking bigger questions about why, about purpose and mystery. So now's this time to start to face our mortality we, and wonder about our lives. So for me, I think wonder is the capacity of human beings. It's a great capacity. And, you know, Plato said something once about wisdom begins in wonder. And so just starting to ask questions, it's a simple turn in our second half, but wonder is a powerful tool that can be really helpful for us. So what gets in the way of cultivating inner life? (laughs) Everything. (laughs) We live in a world filled with distractions. Just look at all the messages we get bombarded with on a daily basis, whether it's on our phones or or, uh, billboards or television. The other thing I think of is, is choices. I don't know about you, but Sometimes I think we have too many choices. Joe, have you been to a grocery store lately? Like gone down the potato chip aisle to both sides? I'm just overwhelmed. I don't know where to begin. But seriousness, I think the biggest distraction that gets in the way of, of a turn towards an inner life is our emphasis in our culture on instant gratification. Everything is now Years ago, I I did professional photography, and I used to have students or interns that I would mentor, and they would ask me variations on a question like, you know, how do I become a great photographer? And I always gave the same answer. I said, every day, go out and make photographs. In 30 years, you'll be a great photographer. 
Now, many of them, most of them laughed at me, but I, I just reconnected with one former intern. She's now in Oregon and she's been making photographs for decades. And her work is amazing. She's cultivated that over time. So I think what gets in the way is the idea that it's instant gratification, it's now. And the inner landscape or the soul gets cultivated over time. This is, this is not a weekend project. This is a life project. And it's incredibly rewarding. As you know, our listeners are very practical people and they're always looking for, so what do I do? How can people cultivate their inner life? What's your advice? Yeah, we are a pragmatic people. And I've kind of got two sides of myself as well. I've got this pragmatic side and also this side that really wants to focus on a more mysterious aspect of life. But so I think of three things. The first one is paying attention to our dreams. Dreams are beautiful. It's a beautiful way to cultivate the inner landscape. I know many people think that they're just bizarre image stories that happen while we are asleep, but they're more than that. So one of the things I do is I lead a monthly dream group. And the dreams that people bring for exploration, some of them are just so beautiful. Now, some of them are quite startling as well. So dreams are a different language. It's a more symbolic language. It's actually like learning another language, a foreign language. Now, there's a lot of research that shows that, that it's possible that dreams are actually the origin of all of the world's religions. Before we had formal religion, our ancestors sat around campfires and, and they would tell their dreams to one another. And, and this might have been the origin of rituals, songs, dance. And also because it's not unusual for people to dream about the deceased, maybe the idea of the afterlife emerged from that. So I think one is paying attention to dreams. The second is, is spirituality. spirituality. Now, now, in many ways, I am not talking about a formal religious practice, although you know it can take that place. I remember listening to an earlier show of yours, and you had a man who in retirement became a deacon in his Roman Catholic church. So that's one way of, of exploring uh, spirituality. But other people find it by spending time in nature, such as hiking or maybe even gardening as a form of spirituality. My wife finds her spirituality in music. She loves to sing. Sometimes I think I'm in a musical at home. She walks in the door and she's singing a song. So even though my vocation is in the world of religion, my spirituality is actually best practiced through a walking meditation, which which I learned from a Buddhist tradition, but comes from lots of other traditions. And the third thing I would say in cultivating uh, an inner life, and you don't have to do all of these, I'm giving choices here, but the third thing is creativity. I think the second half of life is a time to unleash our creative genius. So whether it's woodworking or quilting, or I have a friend who started painting, even though she'd never taken a class, I think of my mother, who is 88. She started writing and publishing murder mystery books when she was in her 60s. And Joe, at the age of 88, she's just published another book and she's still writing. She said to me recently, I don't know where all these ideas come from, but I feel like I could keep writing for a long time. Now, I think those ideas come from an inner life. And now, even though they're murder mysteries, I think there's something kind of sacred going on there. Um, it's sacred because it's an act of creativity. So there are many ways you can cultivate the inner landscape. 
And I just think when we do, I'm convinced not only are our individual lives better and more meaningful, but I also think that's a contribution to the world at large. Well said. Appreciate all of that. And great to hear what your mother's doing. That's impressive. Yeah, it is. James, thanks for joining us today. Really appreciate your thoughts and advice on all these topics. Thanks, Joe. Love the podcast. Great to be with you. Thank you. So it's time to compare notes on what actions you might want to take following today's conversation. Here are a few ideas that I noted. Number one, recognize when you're stuck. It can be an important signal. It can signal to you that it's time to learn. Use it as a catalyst to change the questions you're thinking about, change the questions you're asking yourself. It can lead to a new pathway with greater meaning. Number two, do you have some creativity you can unleash? It may not always seem that way, but we're all creative in one way or another. And look at some ways in which you can explore some creative pursuits in your second half. For some people, that starts with revisiting what you really enjoyed and were captivated by earlier in life. Maybe something you took up, maybe something you put aside. Take a look and see if it's time to bring that back. For other people, it's really getting immersed in experimenting with something new. Try something creative. It may be an interesting addition to your second half. Number three, why not make your second half your best half of life? And we know you've got to take care of the essential elements of planning for retirement. But also remember, take care of your inner life. Do some things to cultivate a rich inner life. You'll be glad you did. Thanks for listening to Retirement Wisdom Podcast. We publish new conversations every week, often on Sundays these days, and then occasionally on Thursdays. But you can take a look and browse all of our previous conversations at our website, retirementwisdom.com. You'll see all of our conversations across six seasons. I'd like to call it a free retirement school. You can find it at retirementwisdom.com. Thanks for listening.